and welcome to episode 975 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Friday, September 3rd. I'm your host, Paul Sporer, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? I am doing well. You're doing even better, because after this, you begin a nice little uh, three-day weekend with some, uh, or four-day weekend, so to speak, with some uh, some fun activities planned, yeah? Yeah. Going to go to uh, Home Depot, you know, you know, pick some stuff up. Maybe maybe Bed Bath Beyond maybe, if there's time. I don't, I don't know if we're going to have time, though. I, we might not have time. No. We might not have time. How many people won't get that reference? A lot, but yeah. the ones who will, will enjoy it. Okay. And sometimes you, sometimes you do that. You know, yeah. Sometimes you put a niche reference out there. It shouldn't be a niche reference. It's it's like a great all-time movie. And I, I But I wonder the trajectory of, of the... So we're referencing Old School, um, which is a great movie. I love it. And I think it's very funny. And, you know, I'm sure there are some young folks whose time it was uh, before that have, you know, gone back. I have gaps, uh, you know, in my movie time frame where it's like, ah, you probably should have seen that, but I haven't. So I, I'm not going to, you know, go at, go at anybody who doesn't get it, but those who do will greatly appreciate it, I believe. Yeah, because so Old School came out in <laughs> 2003. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That was the year I graduated high school. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. It's been, so it's been a minute. But mm-hmm. if you're a big fan of comedies, and for some reason you haven't seen it, I go back. Yeah, go back. yeah. yeah. It, it, you, it's prime Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell. Uh, yeah. Will Ferrell, yeah. And uh, I, I can't imagine that you could love Will Ferrell or Vince Vaughn and not have seen it. But if for some reason you do, and you've only experienced newer stuff from them, go back. It's yeah. worth it. Yeah, you're my boy, Blue. You're my bullet blue. Yeah, just just a great movie, and, and it might help you hear some quotes that that you understand. You know, once once you watch the movie. But anyway, you're going a little trip. You don't have to yeah. give all the details. There's yeah, gonna go to uh, gonna go to a Van Gogh 3D uh, immersion exhibit, which uh, seems super cool, and then go see Hamilton tonight with uh, my eldest and my uh, wife. So that's gonna be Sounds. a lot of fun. Gonna tear up San Francisco and uh, get some class because I am classless apparently. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Um, we also have Labor Day weekend coming up. A lot of football going on for those who enjoy that. So uh, it should be a fun one. We're still talking baseball because we still got championships to win. I know a lot of folks out there are multi-sport fanatics. Keep your eye on the prize though, Okay. Justin's doing 500 football drafts, but he's still working on his on his baseball teams. I'm also had a fantasy football draft last night. I've um, got a couple more this weekend, but don't think for a second I'm not up in those box scores every day. Still talking baseball. So we're going to look at a few bits of news and then talk about some uh, hitters who are really struggling right now and figure out if you want to make a decision, right? And, and we're at a danger point here where you don't necessarily just have to be patient and ride it out you can start to make moves that are uh you know hey i drafted this guy in the sixth round but he's been terrible now for a while i gotta move on so we'll get into a bunch of guys there's an interesting range of player type there but let's start with tristan mckenzie returning from the il and going right back to what he was doing uh before he went on and frankly it always seemed like what was it like shoulder fatigue Mm -hmm. uh that that he had i believe seemed like uh, a, a breather, right? More than anything else. Uh, they didn't say anything about shutting him down or anything like that. So it really seemed like, hey, you're hurt. No, I'm good. 
no, no, you're hurt. We'll catch up with you in 10 days type of deal. <laughs> and and that's what it was. And he's back. And he looked great in six innings uh, Thursday against against the Royals. So I think he goes right back into a must-start situation in the, in the rotation. What are your expectations out of McKenzie the rest of the way? Do you, do you where are you going to put him in your rankings when you, when you uh, slot him back in? Hmm. That's a really good question because I mean I, he, this is a guy that I really like short term, um, in terms of like for the rest of this year and, and probably into next year, but mm-hmm. I like a less long term. I, I do worry about the health uh, sure. of Just him. Severe issues. Uh, you know, coming up, he he got hurt multiple times. Mackenzie did, and he's he's not well built. Um, no, he's built like frame. You. Yeah, absolutely. Like literally, six five, one six five, the exact same measurements that I have. So I know what I look like out there pitching. Um, and we don't know what if that can hang on to the uh, hold up to the rigors of 180 innings a year. But in the short term, he's great. You have him at 74 in your ranking there. Um, is he going to move up from that? Because I think he was injured yeah. when you ranked yeah, him. Yeah, he, he was definitely uh, he was hurt when I when I ranked him. So um, and I didn't realize he was coming off the IL so quickly. Uh, so I'll probably move him up into the top around the top 40 ish. Okay, like I, I have Sonny Gray at, at 40. I um, you're going to say top 40. I, I had a feeling. I literally just put him at 38. Yeah, I think I'm going to put him at 41, kind of okay. in between Sonny Gray and Alex Wood. Alex Wood should be moving down uh, with the COVID diagnosis. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm going to move him to 40, and then I'll move uh, Alex Wood down here. Yeah, that, that seems about right. I mean, there's, yeah. he's been super, super impressive. Um, you, you know what it was, too? Uh, you know, because I did, I did a write-up on McKenzie, and ooh, I was nice. looking f- for reasons why things had improved so much. There was no great change in approach. It was really trusting his stuff and saying, I got to stop walking, guys. If they hit it when I throw it in the zone, so freaking be it. But I'm gotta, I have to stop being so timid with my stuff. He, and he got some... Uh, you know, encouragement from his catchers, and then a few like anecdotal uh, attaboys from top players. Miguel Cabrera and Sal Perez had had like instances where they were basically just hyping him up, and he really was like, "Oh, you know, it's kind of a eureka moment. Like, you're good, dude. Stop nibbling and just like trying to be too fine. Throw the stuff in the zone. See where you're at." And the results have been amazing for McKenzie. Yeah, I mean, because since the beginning of August. He has five straight uh, quality starts. Um, mm-hmm. He's gone seven innings twice, eight innings once. He's only allowed three walks in those five uh, starts. It's a total of 34 innings, and he has you know strikeout in exactly 34 strikeouts in those 34 innings. I mean, he's been really, really good and kind of delivering on the promise. But I don't think we've ever been super concerned with the talent, right? I think no. I always kind of thought the talent would come together if he could stay healthy. My fear was he's going to end up in the bullpen, um, in a, in a way to try to keep him healthy, um, and that still even though, maybe even though that doesn't work, you know. I mean, yeah, teams do it. You're not wrong. I'm just saying, like, if you're pitching, you're at risk, so you might as well use the bullets I as a start. Um, so I mean, yeah, he's a guy that I think. He's going to be a high helium guy next year. Well, especially if he, if he continues can, yeah. strong, you know, has a huge September here coming back. McKenzie does. Uh, you're, you're exactly right. You're going to see a lot of, of major excitement surrounding him. 
And we'll have to see, you know, kind of, kind of what happens. You know, Cleveland has developed all these great guys recently. He's the best of the bunch talent-wise. He had the highest mm-hmm. prospect range. Uh, you know, McKenzie was somebody who was expected to be very good. And so him panning out is great. Usually they're developing guys and kind of taking mid, mid-tier mid or non-prospects and turning them into something. Now they have something big here with McKenzie. So, yeah, big chance for Helium. We'll see how he finishes. But he's at uh, maybe the... Because even if he has like four more good starts, his ERA might still be high enough that we can sneak a cheaper price. Because he's at 462. Now, if he puts up four, you know, five, six to seven inning gems, that'll get it down in the mid threes. But if he's like, you know, still high threes, maybe that'll hide it a little bit for McKenzie uh, on the on the big scale of him not being super expensive. But he's gonna he's gonna be up there as. Uh, uh, you know, breakout sleeper, whatever, whatever type of list you want to call it, he's going to be on those all winter. So that's Tristan McKenzie. We like what he's doing. You know, we didn't talk about this piece from Cleveland, even though it happened a while ago. James Karinchek got sent out, and um, I think I'm. Let me see the dates. Yeah, we should have talked about it on Monday. I missed that. Pardon me. Oh well, we're doing all the SP stuff, so we didn't do any news. That's that's why we missed it. But uh, he got demoted, not just out of the closers role off the team and you look and you know it's kind of understandable if you look at the composite numbers you're like well 414 era 120 something whip that seems a little aggressive to move him out then you kind of look at what he's done since just since the all-star break a nine era nine strikeouts in 14 innings so way less than a strikeout printing 10 walks in that time 14 earned runs 17 hits i mean he's a mess karen check is a complete mess so they said, you know what? Go get your mind right. We'll send you out. Uh, that job is Class A's. Do you think it's Class A's like going forward? He holds it the rest of this year, and then next year we we view Class A as a top, a potential top closer because of his nasty stuff. I think it is his job, uh, rest of the way, um, and. I think people are going to view him as the guy heading into next season. You seem to express some trepidation as you say that, though. It's Cleveland. And <laughs> Cleveland is cheap. And do Cleveland they rocks. want to ratchet up a 23-year-old's uh, uh, arbitration numbers? Con- conversely, though... They're not going to pay somebody to come in there and do it. Absolutely. I just wonder if they don't want to give him the full-time gig and they keep trying to find guys who can uh, kind of share it with him. That being said, like he'll probably be safer than 90% of the other guys we think are closer to next the thing. year. So even if there is you know, some scare to it, it's just... Yeah, like who else are you going to trust? You might as well get a guy who has at least a firm hold on it. You know, even if you wanted to view it like the Rays and, you know, Diego Castillo was the the trusted guy insofar as fantasy went for us this draft season, I think Kwasi is at least something to that effect where it's like, okay, he might have to share a little bit, but I'm going to trust him as, as, you know, a pretty firm part of the guy. Um, And he's... You know, don't forget he's the big return in the in the Kluber deal. Obviously, that's already looking good for them because the way Kluber has gone, they look, looks like they sold perfectly on Kluber in terms of time bomb with health. 
So I don't know. I think Kwasi, you know, I think he's going to be a top 10 closer rank next year. And I think I'm okay with that. Um, Yeah, I I don't think that that's going to be wrong necessarily. Uh, Unless they bring in like this. This is like the kind of team that would bring in like a Kirby Yates. Yeah, if they bring in somebody who has closed, I will change my tune. I, I, I agree with that. But if it's if it's just other relievers, none of whom are, are you know capital C closers as we like to say, then I'll be fine to just uh, invest in Classe uh, and and treat him as a closer. Now, with regards to Classe, he's interesting because if you watch him, you are like this guy is a monster. He should have 82 billion strikeouts and a billion saves, and then his stats don't quite match up to that. Because I think we forget that his his heavy ground ball rate, he has a 68% ground ball rate, means he doesn't need as many strikeouts. So it hurts a little bit fantasy-wise, but who cares if he's getting the job done? And since he's really become the closer, which was in late July, um, he had logged his 12 save, save then. But since he reemerged as the closer, he has nine saves with 20 strikeouts and 18 and a third, one run, one walk, nine hits. So if Kase's getting a strikeout per inning, I'll take that. He doesn't need to be in the double-digit Ks per nine rate for me to be happy, the way I normally am with the closer where I'm like, they have to push high because of that ground ball rate. So don't let the strikeout rate bring you off of Kase from a skills standpoint. Yeah, I mean, he he's allowed one earned run since the beginning of August. He's a, yeah, he's, That's, he's been mean, untouchable. He's been he's, he's just been so good, and I think I mean maybe the strikeout rate keeps him from being a top five closer. But if a guy is this reliable, that's the guy I want. Like I'd much rather have a guy like this than maybe like the Edwin Diaz type that I feel like is going to potentially lose the job or blow it. Yeah, and Kwasi could also develop it. There's a mm-hmm. 17% swinging strike rate. So maybe he ends up getting more strikeouts. It's just that he's always been fine to take the easy ground ball out, you know, a couple pitches into an at-bat instead of working for the strikeout. And I don't mean to suggest that his 26% or 27% isn't good. It's just like when you look at some of the closers that are in 30s and 35%, you might down Kwasi a bit. I wouldn't do that. I'll trade those Ks for the beautiful ratios and for the fact that he's going to hold the job. So, you know, in my head, just thinking about it mentally, he's at least a top 10 closer. I think there's a chance that he's like a top five or six as well. I really like Kwasi. I think that's fair. All right. That's Cleveland news there. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about Wander Franco because it's happening, right? We're, We're getting what we wanted out of him. You and I were big Jared Kelnick guys and that has not panned out. He's been an utter disaster this year. Uh, as have a lot of rookies haven't panned out. This is what it looks like when all the hype cashes in. And he's in the midst of a 31-game on-base streak right now. He's absolutely out of his mind. If you look at him, basically since the second half is really when Franco found his footing, and he's been a monster. In the second half, he's hitting 304, 369, which is very nice, 503 with five homers. Uh, No steals, though. I think that's probably the one thing where people are like, Hmm. I wish I wish we had more of that, but you can't really complain about everything else going on. He's 0 for 1 on the bases, but 28 ribbies, 35 runs. Those paces, by the way, are 111 and 138, respectively. So I know sometimes we hear, you know, a certain run or RBI total in a sample of 179 plate appearances, and we can't quite what well, what's that translate to? Over 100 of each with 20 homers uh, in a big average. So Franco's been excellent. 
How high is he going to go next year? Oh, third he's going to go super, super high. Which, which round did you say? Third. Yeah, yeah, I think that sounds about right. Yeah, no, no later than that, I would think. Yeah, uh, I mean, it also depends too, like what he finishes in terms of. Well, I guess he he's only been playing shortstop recently. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, by the way, because he ha- he out. has eight games at third. Oh man, but I mean, he has to. He'd have to get in there like the rest of the year to get to the twenty. So unless you had lower gate to entry, um, and he gets to ten, that's possible for for Franco, but. It's at eight right now. By the way, I wanted to point out, I meant no steals in the hot run. He has two on the year. He's two for three. So there is some, but we haven't seen a ton yet. But I think people have to be very yeah, happy. He, I mean, he hasn't stolen a base since June. Yeah, he's not focused on it. Even though he's been on base a ton, he's worrying about just getting on base, staying on base, and then scoring. He's been mm-hmm. he's been awesome, though. It's been really, really huge and fun to watch. And I'm excited to see him on the uh, October stage as well. But yeah, I, I mo- mostly wanted to bring him up to give give some props, but also see kind of where you thought he'd go. And I think if he puts up like five homers and three steals the rest of the way, like just continues to go off, I think we start seeing second round. I think there will be people taking him in the second round. Agreed. Sure. His ADP will, I think, be in the third, but that means that people on the front end will be taking him in mm-hmm. the second. Yeah, yeah, for so, sure. That's Wander Franco. Let's go on the opposite end of the spectrum and talk ice cold players looking over the last month. I got a group of players here that, uh, they're not, they're not doing it and they're rostered in tons of leagues. So the fact that they've been this bad is painful. Uh, we're going to start with Manny Machado who has a 231, 270, 371 line does have three homers in that time, but, uh, it's, it's rough. And then you look at the full season line. I don't think anybody's upset about it. 23 and 10, with a 121 WRC plus, like that's that's good. That that continues to be good uh, with Machado. But do you, do you have any concerns about the uh, the weak play here down the stretch, or is he still just to set it and forget? It and you got to eat, you got to eat the roughness right now because he can have a three homer day on a dime and and get back on track. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of the few ones on here where I'm not particularly worried about it uh that i'm you know that yes i know it's been rough for like the last month uh but like he could he could finish september with like 10 home runs and we wouldn't blink an eye yeah and i didn't put too many guys on here where we're just gonna say you got to keep starting them because that that's not really helpful i did get a lot more guys that are i have to make a decision but i will start with, with machado just to calm anybody down that's like oh he's He's really, he's really fumbling the ball down here uh, as, as we get to the finish line. Probably been tough for those in head-to-head that haven't really gotten much for him as they're fighting for a playoff spot. That can be frustrating. But overall, you know, he's been a big part of the success of teams. And he was just on fire in July and basically just came all the way back to earth. You know, the regression came quickly. He had an 1184 OPS with eight homers and a 357 BABIP in July. Comes down to 633 with a 272 Babbitt and three homers in August. And of course has one game in September. So don't panic. Machado's fine. We don't need to spend too much time on him. Let's get to the next guy, his teammate, Tommy Pham, who is far from as sturdy as Machado in terms of what you're doing out there. Now he is 13, 13 on the year. I think he becomes a tougher one because that production is there with the power speed. 
But you're looking and you're saying, this is now two months in a row because he was awful in July as well, 655 OPS. He's at 557 in the last month with two homers in August. So two homers each of the last two months um, and only one combined steal with three caught in July. Is Pham someone to cut if you're not, uh, I mean, definitely reserving him, I think. Is he on the is he on the chopping block for you? I think he has to be at this point, um, which is unfortunate because I mean I love Tommy Pham, mm-hmm. but I mean two home runs since beginning of August, zero stolen bases, zero attempts. Yeah, not even not even like, moving. We're in. not even yeah we're not we're he's not even trying and like one of the reasons you've got him is first the stolen bases. He he could be nursing something, you know. He kind of often has bouts of injuries. That uh, that can cause issues like this, where he stops running for a while and he goes in waves. So it's been really, it's been really tough for Fam, and he's not playing very much either. That's another big thing that I think makes him kind of an easy cut. I think you can actually start cutting him in deeper leagues, like fifteen teamers. Like I, I, maybe that's not even crazy. Man, I'm saying that like it's a like it's a thing. Maybe that's like a doy. Like of course we're doing that, but if you're on the fence about it, I I think you need to. You got Fam not playing, and when he does play, it's not going well. What are you hanging on for? It's a name value that you're thinking right now, but you got to go out and get somebody that can play and putting up numbers. Yeah, I mean, and I didn't even realize how little he was actually playing because he has so many pinch hit. Yeah, so the games played. The games played is yeah is a lot larger than the actual plate appearances. That's why you like roster resource. You can look at the last six lineups mm-hmm. and see that he's only been in two of them. So he's probably played all of those games because he's you know a bat off the mm-hmm. bench. You're going to bring in Fam, but it's just not there. I, I think he's I think he's an everywhere cut. I mean NL only. We're always putting NL and AL only off to the side. They're so hard. You you can't cut anybody who's breathing yeah. basically. Yeah, I'm rostered so, in the NL only leagues. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, just putting those off to the side for all these guys. I don't think I'm. I'm looking at the list. I don't think I'm cutting any of them in AL or NL only. Maybe reserve them no. uh, because what are you going to pick up? Is the real thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, mixed leagues though. Fam's out, and I think this is this to me. You tell me if I'm crazy here. It's always been kind of like an AL fam to me in my head. I guess he doesn't run as much, so maybe that's where the the comp breaks down. But Austin Meadows, seemingly always nicked up, um, looks good regularly enough that I'm like, I can't really cut him. I'm not putting Austin Meadows on the wire. But then you look what he's been doing. I mean, he had a brilliant month in May where he hit eight homers. He has 10 since, which 10 in, in three months is not awful. Like that's, it's not that's what like a, you thought you were getting from Austin Meadows. That, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like it's a 20 homer pace uh, if you loosely take you know the six months. But 238, 253, 202 are the batting averages. Uh, he isn't running. He has a steal in each of the uh, in June, July, none in August. What are we doing with Austin Meadows? His season numbers still look pretty solid at a 119 OPS plus and 22 homers. But does he have to start hitting the chopping block in some of the shallower leagues? Yeah, I'm surprised he's playing as much as he is. Because this has been pretty ugly. Um, it's, it's It's been rough. I mean, that, he's one of the guys that they've shown that they have a pretty good amount of belief in with Meadows. Um, but he is platooned. He, he is kind of getting the heavy platoon right now where it's like he gets the starts against righties. But against lefties, it's a no-go for, for Meadows. And 
I mean, he has a stark platoon this year, 895 against righties, 527 against lefties. So I think if you kind of, if you're considering cutting him, what you need to do is look at the schedule and see what sort of righties they have in the immediate future for the Rays, and then that will help you decide. Because I don't think he's like an auto-cut, but he is somebody that could be on the chopping block in 10s and 12s. I think in 15s, I'm still holding. I'm looking for their week next week. They open with two lefties. So if you play like NFBC style, that first period, I think he'd be a sit because he only gets Nathan Eovaldi. And then the second period, he gets uh, just Matthew Boyd. So two righties and a lefty there. But it's three lefties next week for Meadows. I think he's a definite sit and possibly a cut. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I think in 10s and 12s, you can probably move on. Um, I think in 15s, you're probably holding him because I just don't know what's out there uh, in most 15 leagues. And we talked about all season long how awful the outfield has been. <laughs> yeah, so. it's, been, it's been tough. So you're not going to find – in 15s, I think Meadows has been better than Fam. I think you hold Meadows. You cut yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, if I was choosing between the two, I'm choosing Meadows for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of some good examples of people who I might cut him for off the top of my head, uh, and I'm not doing a very good job of it. But uh, <laughs> would you rather have Meadows or a guy that I don't think we have? We are talking about today. We're not talking about today. Uh, Charlie Blackman, rest of the way. Oh, yeah. Somebody asked in my chat about cutting Blackman. So I think I'd rather have Blackman. I think I would, too. And, you, you know, Coors always always helps, too, mm-hmm. to kind of have that as, as a backup. What about uh, Charlie or uh, sorry, uh, Austin Meadows or a guy that I've seen cut in some shallower leagues uh, because he got injured in Dylan Carlson? My boy, D.C., man. Um... I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with Carlson. He's actually been been playing better down the stretch here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with him over Meadows. I agree. Here's a here's a real tough one for you. Um, we'll we'll move on after this. Uh, would you rather Austin Meadows or scorching red hot Ian Happ right now? Oh, he had, I I took all my power not to put him on the rundown for his uh, what do you have a two homer day? And I, I saw him there in the in the notes and I was like oh. Um, He's sucking me back in is what it is. Exactly. Seven homers in August, already one uh, and a steal, already a homer and a steal here in September. He's playing – I'm pretty sure he's playing every single day too. Mm -hmm. And I think on the power of that, I'm going to go Hap over Meadows. Yeah, I would too. So that's that's where we're at on Meadows. It's not not great. Um, And yeah, Hap's playing daily. Basically batting third every day against lefties. He might move down a couple spots, but I'm going to go happen. I agree. He is bringing me back in. In fairness, it's super easy. I'm a complete sucker for Ian Happ. Yeah. But he, I mean, remember, we, remember when we penciled him in for the Hall of Fame after that opening day home run? A, a home run off. Yeah. yeah. One, one pitch. We're like, yeah. We knew it. We knew mm-hmm. it. God, we're smart. That Man, victory are, lap was about the shortest lap I've ever run. It, it was. Uh, it really taught us a lot about arrogance so <laughs> no it hasn't uh, well okay speak for it should have yeah, it should have I, I, I think I, I try to i try to calm down now even when i see the early success because i was so excited because i loved happen i was like oh justin and i were geniuses um let's talk trey mancini who's had an amazing comeback year regardless of how it finishes yeah yeah this man was literally fighting for his life with the colon cancer there was some very bleak reports initially 
and it was awful. Um, but he's bounced all the way back, healthy, playing, having a good season above average. Like I said, even if you had like an 80 OPS plus but was playing all year, that would be a win in terms of his health and, and uh, how he is doing physically. But he has been struggling of late. And you look at it and you're wondering, uh, do I stick with him? Great through the first uh, – four months they had one dud month but even hit three homers in that june that was that was off but he's been rough since august 1st uh one homer 554 ops just four ribbies Whew, that is tough in 101 plate appearances you could put p- part of that on baltimore but i guarantee you there's some missed rbi opportunities there that mancini didn't cash in on uh so i don't think you can just say oh that's baltimore being baltimore is mancini somebody who has to find the wire at this point and and if so, what what league types? Yeah, I think he does. I mean, one home run in the second half isn't going to do it for you, especially when he's hitting two twenty five. Um, and I think the most concerning part about it is his plate approach. I mean, he's got a three percent walk rate in the second yep. half. Um, I just uh, swing outside the zone 35% of the time. Like, I, I just don't see much here that's going to turn things around necessarily for him. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm probably moving on for Mancy. In spite of how much I've kind of enjoyed this kind of comeback, and I think either way, he's comeback player of the year uh, after what yeah. he went through. But I yeah, so. you know, he may be tired out too. I mean, we talk about, that's you a know. Great call. A lot of these guys who, you know, going from these 60-game seasons to these 162-game seasons, he didn't play at all last year. And it wasn't yeah. like he was resting like a Posey was. He was no, going through was cancer being, treatments. Yeah, yeah, he, the living piss was being beat out of his mm-hmm. body with chemo for crying out loud. So I think actually you nailed it. I don't know why I, br- I brought up the cancer story and didn't even point out. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that, that it tracks too easily. Now, sometimes you have to be careful just falling for the, the first narrative that makes sense. But how, how could it not? Yeah. How could it not start to beat him down? Especially, as you mentioned, that guys that, that played the 60 last year, um, you know, they're, they're wearing down like, oh, we're on, the, we're on the full grind this year. The dog days are getting to them. How could a guy who's battling back from cancer? So hopefully he finishes with a flourish. He is a guy that, like, if I cut him in, like, a 10 or 12 and he hit a two-homer game two days later, I'd be interested in picking him back up. I'm yeah, not absolutely. I'm not too proud to turn around on a move and be like, well, I, I can't pick him back up. I just – who cares? I don't mm-hmm. care. I'll pick him right back up if it looks like he's coming out of it because he's a guy who can hit double-digit homers in a month. He hasn't done it this year, but he has that capability. So we like Mancini. A lot of really have- good stadiums left, right? They've got – yeah. Uh, you know, they're playing New York this week at New York this weekend. Well, uh, are they though with the, with the weather? Oh yeah. Where are they playing? I don't even know. I don't know, because, but it's a disaster. I, but everyone in New York, I hope you guys, yeah. New York, New Jersey area. I hope everyone thinks all right. I saw some stuff today, some video. Everywhere, every, or everybody everywhere. I mean, it seems like the whole I mean, country has got yeah, even in the Southwest, uh, thankfully we're not getting it, but near, near me, um, you know, stayed over in Louisiana has been a nightmare and like, yeah, it, it you're right. There's disaster everywhere right now, it seems. But um, and I know the fire's out where you are, but that Hurricane Ida, man, it turned New York upside down. So I don't know if they're if it's going off as scheduled or not. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna. I mean, it's so late in the season, you know, that you would think that they may they might just try to move to a different location. It, 
exactly um, and anything that's possible there that they can do but um i don't see it as like postponed right now so maybe things have have said i mean they played in new york last night did in, you in did you see Washington. the the uh the drone footage of the yankees double a stadium no was it crazy oh my like the entire stadium was like filled with water what yeah like the flagpole coming out of the like just out of the water like looked like half as big as a normal half flagpole. It was it just that, it, it was insane. Wild. Yeah. That is absolutely wild. But yeah, they played in New York yesterday. The Mets game went off, so yeah. I think everything is fine. But to your point, he's, he plays in a, Trey Mancini plays in a great stadium for his home mm-hmm. games, and then he's got some good ones coming up. So you can keep an eye on him. But I do think you can make a move this weekend to get somebody in there who's performing better, and then if he starts to get going, yeah. you just jump on that bandwagon again. Agreed. But I don't think you need to just hold him. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy, dude, if you took away the name value, we'd have cut him months ago. Yeah, I'm I, almost tired of talking about Cody Ballinger. It's just... I know. I don't blame people for A, feeling that way, or B, keeping him. But Justin, he has a 53 OPS plus. Why is he being kept? Like at certain and point, he's yeah, like he's not playing every day. Shouldn't he be on every wire, every mixed league wire? I think so at this point. Like, what are you doing? I get that there's name value, and you know what he can do. But he wasn't that great last year. He had a 112 OPS plus. He's at 53 this year with nine homers and two steals. He's platooning. Look, if he turns he's, it around and somebody catches a windfall, you have to be okay with it. I think you needed – you probably needed to consider doing it back in July. And I, I know it's easy for me to say now that he had another awful month, but like, I don't know. I hope people weren't playing him at least. I hope he's been on, on reserve rosters at the very least. I mean, considering all the injuries and stuff people have been dealing with this season, That's I bet true. you he's, people have been eating this, I think. Uh, yeah, because he, he came back and, and really had July and August are only two full months. He has. Uh, his last home run was August 11th, um, when he yeah. he went he went double dong that day. Uh, has not had a home run or stolen base since then. Uh, in that time frame, he has nine total hits uh, and only three extra base hits, three doubles. None of uh, what you're saying is good. You know that, right? Yes. These are bad things. He also you're... has one walk. My goodness. His last walk was August 12th. Here's a question that's not so fantasy related, but what do the Dodgers do with him in the playoffs? I mean, they've already said in? he's not gonna he's not gonna hit against lefties. Um, so yeah, that's a guarantee. But then, I mean, at some point, yeah, I mean, he's not gonna hit against anyone because he isn't hitting against anyone. Yeah, exactly. His, his ISO since August twelfth is point oh four six. He's broken. He's completely broken, and it's it's frustrating because he can be so fun to watch when he's when he's on the swing. Can be so glorious on some of those homers, and I like Cody Bellinger, and I want Where him to be successful. Where does he go next year in drafts? Oh my god! Like it has to be. There are going to be people taking him inside the top one hundred. No, absolutely. His name value alone. Twenty nineteen MVP. There will be people taking inside the top 100 next year, for sure. Oh, my God. Yeah, y'all have fun with that. I, I'm not saying there's no buyback price for me, but it's not in the top 100. I mean, yeah, I I, I doubt it could be. I mean, he could have a huge spring, and that just 
sets it off. But um, I mean, I'd actually be open to buying on a huge spring. Like that would. I mean, let's, me, but. let's just compare it to Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich in 2020 hit 12 home runs and stole four bases, hit 205. And people were taking him in the first round this year. But Bellinger's been markedly worse. I know, but still, that's the first round. That's fair. I see what you're saying. Relative. Yeah. Relative scale. With a back issue. Listen, don't be catching. Give it, you know, shooting strays over at Yelich. You leave him out of this, okay? <laughs> you don't come after him. I'm just, you know, I mean, people. And, and I don't. I'm not gonna lie. I was one of them. I took Yelich in, I think, two yeah, weeks. And I, so I'll, like, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not yeah. like completely like, you know, free you're, of you're like. Just there's, highlighting... there's blood on my hands too. Yeah, you're just um, highlighting that we stay bought in. And yeah, that, that the name go. value alone keeps people bought in. Will, will um, the winter be a, like a a Bellinger reputation repair tour where people will be writing articles about like how he's he's not that bad and you got to stick with him? No, I think this is like the devil on your shoulder and the angel on your shoulder, and you just listen to the devil. It's still it's Cody Bellinger, man. He won the MVP, bro. He's he's won the MVP before. Come on, bro. He, in 2019, it wasn't that long ago. He <laughs> 47 home runs. Oh man! People will and and people will figure out. Not only will some people draft him inside of the top one hundred, I bet you there will be some people who draft him inside the top fifty. They shouldn't, but they will. They will. You're probably right. You're probably darn right. All right. Well, that's Cody Bellinger. Let's talk about my boy Mark Canha, and I was very excited to get him in leagues. The price was great. And even with the struggles, you still did not overpay. The fact that he has 12 steals, I think, ensures that you cannot have overpaid on Mark Canha, um, especially because he's kind of coming out of his his funk a little bit. But it's been bad. August was horrific for him. He had two two homers, two steals, but a 158, 274, 257 surrounding that. He does have a homer um, in September now. As well, so he had he had back to back days with homers. No, no, it better. wasn't back to back. Oh, they weren't back to back. They were yeah. one one the, on the thirty first and then on the second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, but he did he did go two for four that other. Basically, he beat up my Tigers, and I've been mm-hmm. watching him do it front and center there, while also having put him on my reserve roster in some leagues for Lamont Wade Jr., which I don't regret because he's been great. And I had to make a move. I'd been sticking with Canha. I stuck with him probably too long in in uh, August. They're eating all that bad stuff and i was like ah i'm gonna bench him this week and then of course he he comes through with a couple homers we'll point out too 812 ops in july but zero homers so like the the hits were there it was really obp holding them up though um i should say the numbers were there in terms of ops but it was obp holding them up with a 448 mark versus a 364 slug he did throw in three steals to kind of keep you getting something in july but the august was brutal coming out of it so this is our first guy who's kind of showing the signs of coming out of it right now so maybe that changes our tune but where do you come out on mark canha right now in terms of start sit hold cut uh i think i think he's probably a start right now so definitely you're holding him okay uh like you said he's starting to show some signs of life he's got hits in the last six games two home runs in the last three games uh you know, a couple stolen bases since the beginning of August. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a it's a little disappointing that he got moved out of the leadoff spot, but I completely understand why. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. They they had to make a move there because, uh, you know, in, like I said, in July his OBP was still carrying him, but mm-hmm. in August it fell apart. I mean, he still had 12 walks. He still had over a 100 point split, but a 189 BABIP was killing him. And I haven't investigated to see if he was hitting into some loud outs or anything. But it was it was just rough. It was just a rough month, no matter how you slice yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, just kind of looking, and I, I've got it sorted since the beginning of August. Uh, I mean, he's making ninety percent zone contact, okay. only swinging outside the zone twenty five percent of the time. So his approach is still there. So yeah, then it looks like it looks like just a simple case of Babip eating him up for an entire month. Yeah, that's that's what it feels like. Because uh, I mean, the Babip is two oh three since the beginning of August. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not particularly worried about Mark Canha, and I think he's the guy that I'd actually maybe try to buy low on right now if other people are dropping him. Yeah, I think you're going to see Canha on wires for yeah. sure, um, and now he might be starting to get picked off of them because of the the couple of homers that he's put up here. But yeah, I agree that that you're going to start seeing him pop up, and I think it's time to uh, to consider to consider jumping in. So. I'm happy to keep Mark Hanna, and I'm going to put him back in my line. I got him basically everywhere. I was very big on him this year, so I, I appreciate that he's getting hot again, and I'd love to see a big um, a, a big finish this season in September for Mark Hanna. Mm-hmm. Another guy we're probably tired of talking about, I, it, I'm just putting him on, I don't even need to have a combo. Stop with Jared Kelnick. <laughs> Stop. Cut him. Why are you holding on to him? He's done nothing. There is no reason this year. To, I'm not out on him fully. I'm going to be back in next year. Make no mistake. But as far as this year goes, get rid of him. What are you doing? I still want to believe, though. What do you? So I I'm know. talking directly to you then. Uh, you're talking. Yeah, he's still on my TGFPI team. Stop. You're not playing him, are you? Uh, I think he's on my bench right now. Okay. I okay, hope he's on my bench. Yeah, that's better. But like, it will be on my bench after this conversation. <laughs> every time he shows a little sign, I, I feel like that. Yeah, I feel like that's the heater coming. Yeah. No, and I get that. I, I feel like it. I, I feel like okay, okay. Here we go. Here we go. And it never is. And mm-hmm. and and that's okay. Like I said, this is not me being done on Kelnick next year. Uh, in the future, so when you see me no, get back, no, I'm I'm totally gonna be back right all back on board. Because he's gonna be at, so cheap. Too. Yeah, he'll be going outside the top 200. He'll uh, probably outside the top 250. Um, people will be completely over him. Uh, but yeah, e- even with the four homers in in August, he still had a 653 OPS. Um, decent little split between the OBP and average, 196 to 282. You know, you're analyzing the split there, not the the whole numbers. And he's had some BABIP issues himself, but he, it's just a rookie struggling, and it's okay. He takes a couple good at-bats, and we we're like, he's turning the corner. And I was impressed by the, um, I think it was a walk-off walk. If not, it was like a game-tying walk. And it was a really sharp at-bat by him. But I read too deeply into it, like, now he's coming undone. It's 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 time. He's he's coming unstuck. I mean, but no, he's not. And I just don't see how he should be on any mixed league rosters. I'm not sure he should be on AL only rosters. I mean, I don't. I think you got to keep him in AL only. For what? Who else are you gonna pick up? I don't know. I guess you can. But like the upside is so immense if he does figure it out in the last month. Not going to. 
He probably won't, but yeah, in AL only, you're you're keeping him. I think. I guess, I guess there's. I'm keeping him on the wire. Though I've but, had him in TGFBI this whole year. All those mixers, he should not be. He should not be on a roster in the in mixed leagues. You should I think. Be on a roster. You're, you're right. I shouldn't because I'm hitting the same as Jared Kelnick. <laughs> All right, Carlos Santana got off to, I believe, an excellent start. A mm-hmm. lot of KC guys did. They really started having people think that they were going to be the dark horse this year, and uh, they quickly, they quickly dispelled anybody of that notion with the uh, with the rest of their season, basically. But you look at where Santana's been. Good first half. But it's been very rough in the second half. He has two homers, 178, 241, 255 slash line. Notice, you know, that's actually a pretty close split between his batting average and OBP. So he's not even doing his kind of normal giant OBP, protecting him a little bit. Um, if you're in leagues like that where Carlos Santana is usually most valuable, I think I'm moving off from him. His last home run came in July. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has only had a total of 11 runs plus RBIs since the beginning of August. That's vile. Yeah, I mean, uh, 19 total hits. I mean, it's not Cody Bellinger bad. Yeah, but, but he's still 93% rostered in the main event, which is 15-team mixers. Mm-hmm. I think that's entirely too high. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, interesting enough, it, it's kind of a can ish um profile in terms of like he's got a 90% zone contact rate interesting okay and, uh you know this may be a matter of he needs to be a little bit more aggressive mhm um and i mean he is getting uh you know some bad babic luck i mean some of it's deserved too as well um you know he's got like a, a 56 and a half percent ground ball percentage oof uh, and he does not. Uh, Carlos Santana does not have the speed to no, run turn out any of that into hits. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if he if he hits a ground ball to the left fielder, he could get thrown out. <laughs> um, and an almost twenty eighteen point two percent infield fly ball percentage. Oh, that's so you, really you, bad. You add that to a fifty six and a half percent ground ball percentage. There's a lot of automatic outs there. Yeah. So I think there's your problem. Um, yeah, I think he's droppable. Yeah, tens um, and twelves for sure. Fifteens, I think. I think so as well. Like, yeah, I, I just, I don't think you can hang on. I don't think to, either, I don't, there's, there's got to be someone on the wire. Yeah, worth picking I mean, up over that. Let me, let me take a quick look here. I mean, I, I, you know, I'd rather have DJ Peters. At least I'm going to get a bad average, but at least I'm going to get some home runs. Yeah, because you're getting a bad average with no home runs right now from. From Santana, from Santana. So, yeah. yeah. Actually, I w- I'd be... Oh, my God. I did not even notice. <sighs> he's up and he's dominating. Do you see You see what my boy Leote's doing? <laughs> I had not. Is, is he just crushing it right now? A couple homers and, and three steals. Uh, Let's go. He's on fire right now. Good. He's on, He's going to be a big pickup this week. But, obviously, he'd be, he'd be a better player. Um... I think like Harold Castro and the Tigers would be a better player. Like it doesn't take much right now to go over Carlos Santana for me with what he's doing or not doing as it were. So I think you just kind of look on the wire, see what fits you best and go for it. Um, because he's just offering nothing and most leagues aren't OBP. So even if he got his walks back on track, that wouldn't necessarily help you. So mm-hmm. 
that's where I'm at with Carlos Santana. Let's finish with our last guy here, Jeff McNeil. Now, remember last year, he kind of had a, a power issue big time and then hit, I think, four homers in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally on, on in four consecutive days, he hit home runs, and everyone's like, yo, he's coming out of it. Let's go. Didn't hit another one the rest of the year of the final 15 games, but did hit 304 in that time. So people were like, okay, well, at least the batting average got back on track. But he doesn't even have batting average this year. Uh, so he went from empty batting average last year to like 250, 321, 360 as his full season line with six homers and two steals for Jeff McNeil. And he hasn't done anything in the second half. Um, I'm just wondering why he's still on so many rosters. Uh, I think part of it is people not wanting to admit when they're wrong. I think another part of it is Jeff McNeil is eligible everywhere. That's um, true, and that and, and that, that that at least helps help. you fill in other spots when you have other injuries. Mm-hmm. It's hard to drop someone that is eligible at 17 different positions. Second, third, and outfield. That infield, outfield capability that mm-hmm. that is useful. And CIMI. Yeah, exactly. So then you know you're, you're looking at five different spots you can plug them into. You can maneuver them around. I think people just keep. You know, they put in whoever comes back from the IL, they move McNeil to like an open spot, and they're not even thinking about like, should I even be playing and, McNeil? And if you play at Yahoo, he's eligible at pitcher and manager. Oh, I can put him in my manager spot? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've been looking for somebody to put in my manager yeah, exactly. spot. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, so I mean, that's why. But this is, uh, I mean, this is what I was saying prior to the season. Like, this is why I was kind of avoiding him is I really felt like he was an empty batting average kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And if you're not getting the batting average because he's getting bad Babbitt luck, um, though, I don't know if it's I don't know that I want to blame it all on bad Babbitt luck because I think part of it is injuries, too. Um, Injuries definitely playing a role in uh, everything that's been going on for McNeil because he only has like uh, 94 games, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's struggled with injuries. Plus, the Mets have well, <laughs> the Mets haven't been as low as they thought oh. they were going to be because of injuries. Uh, but the he's Mets, just not playing every Mets. day, and so yeah, I think he he is definitely droppable in all formats. Like, he, there's no yeah. reason he should be on a roster in a ten or a twelve team league. No, just not delivering nearly enough. Jeff McNeil, it's it's been rough. You know, I especially I, I looked at him. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, especially because when he is playing, like he's batting sixth, seventh, you know, eighth. Like he's he's you know he's now moved down the lineup, which is uh, at least before he was batting, you know, second, third, uh, even leading off, you know, now and again. But I mean, now I mean he's he's not doing that anymore. You know, interestingly, my comment about him, uh, you know, in my rankings write up was still accurate because I said he. He could be, what I call him, like a discount version, or hang on, let me see, let me see. Oh, yeah. I called him Discount LeMayhew, which is actually accurate, because LeMayhew's been so bad, too. So it it still checks out. (laughs) Inadvertently, it's... uh, It it was a genius call. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Yeah, it's it's really, it's really tough there, and you don't... uh, I don't think you want any part of that. What are you doing with Jeff McNeil going forward then, too? Oh, um, I mean, like I said, I wasn't buying into him coming into the year. So, yeah, you know what? I'll probably 
Well, no, because he's only going to be second base eligible next year. Oh, he loses all this eligibility. He's only got th- or two games at third base, five games in the outfield. Like, he's not even yeah. going to be eligible at multiple positions in Yahoo. Like, he's not it's worth gonna, much of anything. Age, his age 30 season next year, too. 2019, a cl- clear outlier with a rabbit ball. I don't know that I want anything to do with Jeff. He'll be cheaper. Somebody but I don't took know that him thirty sixth in an NFBC draft this year. Oh no! His ADP was ninety. God, I want I want to vomit. That's gross. Yeah, I mean the guys who went behind him: uh, Rossi Iglesias, Jose Altuve, JD Martinez, Paul oh, Goldschmidt, no. Max Muncie, Nelson Cruz, <laughs> Zach Wheeler. Oh my gosh! Like, yeah, that's that that's is the tough. bummer. That is, that is absolutely tough there. Yeah. Well, that's Jeff McNeil. That's where that's where it's at right now with him. It's 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 not good. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> that's an that's, understatement. That's I was just about to say, and I'm not saying a whole lot there, but just calling it not good. It's awful, and I don't know that there's uh, Alex Chamberlain. Cover your ears. I don't know that there's a lot of upside. For the future, either I think he had his big shine in the sun in 2019, and I mean I would be open to seeing what happens when he gets healthy, and he'll be so cheap next year. I think that there maybe I could end up rostering him, but I'm not I'm not targeting him in any way. I'm 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 out on McNeil. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. All right, well, I'm gonna cheat and say that my waiver pickup suggestion is just Leody Tavares. I love. <laughs> Loved him, and I'm going to take the easy way out and take him because, of course, I mean, but you're going to have to pony up. you got to pay big. The fact that he's got those steals um, in the last seven days, four steals, two homers, 294 average. I mean, you're going to have to pay up. So it's not it's not a uh, discount pickup, but it's somebody that I think you definitely want to get. I, I actually Is he wrote about leading him. off, too? Let's see here. I wrote about him as somebody who could be a beneficiary beneficiary of trade deadline situation with Gallo leaving. He wasn't. Yes, uh, he moved up. He let off the last game. Otherwise, he was hitting eight nine. Uh, it was nine 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 eight one, and that's from Saturday to Wednesday. So he did. He finally let off a game against the lefty. There, he's a switch hitter, power speed. I mean, he had a good season down in AAA. Strikeouts were there. I mean, strikeouts are still here. In the majors, too. I mean, he struck out 25% at the minors, but 13% walk rate to counterbalance it with 17 homers, 13 steals. You're probably taking a bad batting average when it's all said and done, uh, planned for something in, like, the the 240s, 250s. You could spike something bigger with some good Babbitt luck because of his speed, but I, I, I love Tavares. He's still only 22. He might Hampson it up and then make make him very cost prohibitive for next year. But I'll probably still buy in because I really like this player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's probably gonna Hampson it up. I think that is. Uh, he's gonna screw. Yeah, he's gonna screw us in September. That's what's yeah, gonna he's happen. Al- he's, he's already Hampsoning, mm-hmm. and uh, it could be good if we get him on a team and, and he helps us to glory. But otherwise, we're just gonna have to pay a premium next year. Anybody that you're uh, that you're eyeing for a waiver pickup this weekend? Uh, two guys. Um, one is uh, Tavares' teammate Nick Solak. Okay, he's back. He's back, uh, and um, I didn't see what he did last night, um, but I believe he has a hit in every single game he's played since returning. Love it. Um, And uh, including, uh, he had a home run 
Uh, <clears throat> oh, I think they were off last night. Yeah, so he's a hit in every single game he's played in since returning. He's got two home runs and a stolen base in that time. Uh, now he's he had a, he's he's gone up against a lot of lefties and he's he does well against lefties, but there's some a bunch of righties uh, sprinkled in there as well. So uh, maybe Nick Solak is back and he's available in it looks like about thirty percent. Or sorry, about seventy percent of uh, CBS leagues, which typically cater to twelve teamers. So yes, a lot of availability. Um, and then Adam Adovino is weirdly available in way too many leagues. Uh, he's the closer now in Boston. Matt Barnes in the IL or the COVID IL. So mm-hmm. um, and yeah. was struggling a bit. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, Barnes was struggling tremendously. Yeah, it looked like he was about ready to lose his job. Um, but uh, now out of, you know, I think has that got that job locked in for at least the next two weeks, if not the rest of the season. Yeah, it looks like uh, they're, they're going to out of, you know, there. And so make sure to check your wire. Never assume. Mm-hmm. Never assume it happens regularly enough that somebody's on that. You're like, oh, he has to be rostered. And then you, you check and you find yeah. out. And you're like, oh, available. he's available in 66 percent of CBS leagues right now. That's a ton of availability for Adam Adovino. And if you need saves. He's getting them. They're still a pretty solid team. I know I said my my hot take was that they won't make the playoffs after the trade deadline. I actually stand by that, but uh, the fact is they're still winning games. They're not. They have not completely fallen apart. Uh, they're holding the wild card. They're seventy-seven and fifty-nine. So opportunities there for Ottavino, and he's been playing. He's been pretty good. Now whip the whip's been a problem because he walks the yard, but uh, if he avoids that trouble, and and can. Strand those walks. He's locking up those saves, yep. and he's got uh, he's got three of them in the last week. So that says, "Hey, I'm the guy." Yep, definitely. All right. Well, that's gonna do it. You have yourself a great four day weekend with the fam, enjoying your thing, uh, your your activities, including Hamilton, and uh, we'll talk on Monday. Definitely. Take it easy. wanted to let everyone know that if you are a subscriber to the patreon or are in our discord channel i'm going to be doing a watch party on labor day on monday uh, september 6th we're going to be watching the cardinals and the dodgers game at 4 15 p.m eastern time so and we're going to start trying to do some kind of evening ones here and there as well or maybe some weekend ones so that way those of you who work during the week can't do our normal times uh, that we do during the week during the day uh, have a better opportunity to join so if you want to subscribe to the patreon you can do that uh, patreon backslash the sleeper and the bust uh, and the four dollar and twenty cent tier is what gets you into the discord and that's where we do our live streams Thanks to everyone who has already subscribed on the Patreon. really helps us out and allows us to continue doing all the content that we've been doing. So just a big shout out, big thanks to you guys uh, and gals that have done that. Uh, And hopefully we'll uh, talk to you soon. So with that, uh, we'll see you in a few days.